The following podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Hi. And welcome to the Guest Bookie Podcast, where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. I'm on the desk. And I'm Kevin. Why did I just get tongue-tied reading the intro? I'm never prepared. Never. <laughs> no. We know when we're recording, we know when notes have to be done, and we're never prepared. Never prepared. And then the f- the cats are always dragging their food bowls in the background. It sounds like... Someone's breaking into our house. They're like, oh, that's my cue. Yes. It's time for me to be loud. It's the holiday season. Yup. I don't even feel like it is. It's not. I mean, I agree. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Cool. We've been working so much lately that it just does not feel like the holiday season. Not to mention a lot of things have happened too recently. Yeah. It doesn't help that the time change... For some reason, I feel like this year's time change has been a lot different than past ones. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I I mean, I don't know if you felt it, but like we get home and it's like six or no, not even like five. And the sun's already gone. I don't know. Definitely this year, the vibe is off. Yeah. Something about this winter vibe is off. Vibes. I feel like something's going to happen. The world's going to blow up. Let's hope so. Oh, wow. That'd be the greatest thing ever. Merry Christmas. No more work. I wouldn't have to go to work. Last Christmas. And can I just say, who the fuck thought? What? Let's have a 40 hour. And you know what? It used to be more before all of those poor people died in that that shirt factory. The great factory fire. Was that in Chicago? What are you talking about? When they locked the people up into the warehouse and said, no, you can't leave. And they would make them work really long days. And then the factory burned down and everyone died in it. And they were like, hold on, hold on. Maybe a 40-hour work week isn't that bad and we won't lock the doors anymore. And then regulation came in. That was um, uh, uh, the guy with the cars. Tom Ford. No, that is a designer. Um, Ford Fiesta. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) What's his name? Is it? It's not Henry, Henry Ford. Ford. Henry Ford, yes. It was Henry Ford. He was the one that... Um, I thought it was a shirt factory. No, hold on. Hold on. Wait. One thing at a time. Henry Ford was the one that um, established uh, or pushed, like, lobbied for Congress to push a 40-hour work, work day. So, and he also made, uh, like, perfected the assembly line. Are you trying to fact check me live? Okay. See how that went to the last person that fact-checked me. It is the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. It is the deadliest fire that happened in New York City on Saturday, March 25th, 1911. 
There was 146 deaths. <gasps> These people died. And you know why I know about it? What? Because when I started training for my job, I had to learn the regulation that was made because of that fire. Because of that. It always takes a fucking tragedy where instead of listening to workers and the workers' rights that they deserve, companies are like, oops, did a tragedy just happen? I guess we'll change. They're doing it now, even still. Hmm. It's exhausting. Literally exhausting. Um, do you have anything else to mention? I feel like it's been a while. It has mainly because we've recorded an episode in Spanish and then we did a cheeky sode. A little cheeky sode. Even though, I mean, to us, we literally just did it like a week ago, didn't we? A week and a half ago. Yeah. How exciting! That was actually really fun. Are you ready to jump into the stories, or did is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um. I mean, I could talk about more stuff, but I don't want to beat a dead horse while it's down so we can just start. Okay. Well, before we start, I wanted to give a few birthday shout outs that um, people messaged us. Okay. So first, um, I have happy birthday happy birthday to Adriana. Uh, she's a New Year's baby, um, and this is from Anna. Um, also, happy birthday... Ha- sorry. <laughs> happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday to... Um, I'm sorry if my phone corrected it. Yaya, her birthday is December 26th. Uh, happy birthday to Iliana. Her birthday is January 7th. From um, Marisol. Okay, from Marisol. I'm sorry, I forgot to write that down. I think that's all the birthday shoutouts. Yes. And sorry, guys, I think we're going to stop doing birthday shoutouts. Because <laughs> you so guys nice. are sending us a lot of them. There's a lot. And it's not that I don't love you. It's that I get overwhelmed with the littlest things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start charging. One penny for one birthday shout out. One penny, like a wishing well. One penny. (laughs) Throw a penny in. Like a wishing well. Just. Nah, we might throw them in once in a while. It's just, it just was like crazy that it was like one person requested it, then we did it. Yeah. And then it was like five, and then we did that, and then it was like 40. Don't get crazy though. I'm like, oh my God. Andres can't say no, but I can. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I was thinking? Do you know, like, when YouTubers do that, like, shout-out at the end? It's like, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that donated to my Patreon. And then oh it's, like, a God. page with, like, everybody. It's, for, like, like, 40 minutes long. Not even. Three. But it's, like, a bunch of pages of people. That no, submitted. there are some... I mean, shout-out to the um, uh, Two Girls, One Ghost. Their podcast, when... I started listening to them when they first started. And um, they had a thing where, like, in their listener submission stories they would thank like the people that you know donated to their patreon and things like that and it's a nice gesture and everything but after a while like they kind of realized that it became a little like they it was a lot it was a lot yeah and it's not like to cut anyone out or anything but it's like it like you can't really spend half the episode thanking people true big if true did you know that um I don't, okay. I don't know where my mind is going. In sign language, to say hi to someone, it's like this. But to say hi to multiple people, it's like this. Did you know that? Because it's is, like a re- repeated Why does it look like you're sign. doing a K-pop move? It is. Really? No, I'm kidding. What the fuck? Are you saying hi? <laughs> yeah, that's hi It like looks this. like Kevin's saluting. Yeah, and then that's when like it's a, a little bunch of people, mm-hmm. He's saluting with his left and right hand really fast over and over. Yeah. He's chopping into his head right now with his hands. <laughs> well, that's how you like greet a group of people. So it's just like one person um, 
So the this the body movement multiple. is repeated multiple times. Okay, so we're just okay. gonna do that. I'm sorry that you can't see us. Anyway, you go first this month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I know we said that we should really like, 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 let's jump into it. But how have you been? What's going on? Are you okay? Um. Yeah, I'm okay. The well, as you know, I've been through a lot recently, mm-hmm. and just ready for the new year. I feel like we okay. keep saying like, let's just get through this year, and this next year is going to be better. But we've been saying that since 2020, and they progressively get worse. So yeah. what am I looking forward to at this point? Do you think it's because so much of the negative you're more aware of and less aware of the positive? Because can you think, like, do you honestly believe that this whole year has been bad stuff? I feel like... Because we've done a lot of good stuff. The bad things that have happened were big bad things. Mm-hmm. So they overshadow the little good things, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But you shouldn't let the little things be overshadowed. Because those little things are worth it. Yeah, I guess so. They do matter. It's just hard when you're sad. Yeah. Sad spelled backwards is death, and death's not good. But I can't help and be sad. That's true. <sighs> in other well, words, or in other news, I'm off my medication. Yes. What so does that mean? I'm making everyone aware. <laughs> <laughs> no, you tell everybody. Mental health awareness, and I'm making everyone aware. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I feel like I've I've changed a lot since I've Stop in the past few it. weeks, and in the combination of stopping to take it and stuff. So, um, I feel like a new person. Ah, I have a question. Okay. Since Christmas is coming up, what do you really want for Christmas? What do I want? Yes. What is something that you want for Christmas? Que te portes bien. A material good. Nothing. I don't do uh, material goods. You're so lame. What is one thing you want? Tell our listeners, what is it one thing you want? I don't know. Why are you, why are you asking I'm these I'm just questions? asking. I don't know, like, we're getting old and it's, like, harder to think of what to get for, or, like, what, what actually what you want for Christmas. I feel like as a kid, when it came to, like, Christmas stuff, it was always big toys, big things. Like, when you turn 16, it's, like, big car, big yeah. house. I don't fucking know. Um, but I feel like the older I get, the less materialistic I've become. And I don't really like things i don't know which is weird because for me i guess a version of my love language is buying stuff for people but i don't like when people buy me stuff it's like you don't know what i like granted i don't know what i like yeah, i've noticed <laughs> and buying gifts for men is honestly really difficult unless it's like a mug a candle or a book who are you telling? All the gifts that I've ever given my dad, I've never seen him use any of the Hold ones on. that I've given him. Exactly. Because I don't think anyone actually knows, from a marketing standpoint, what men like. Or what dads want. Or what dads want. Like, anytime you see, like, fucking Kohl's, Amazon, like, they're, uh, Christmas for your dad, or, like, Father's Day stuff, like, how many grill brushes can you buy your dad before enough is enough? You know what I mean? How many wallets or can you buy your father? Like, my dad was never portrayed in those ads. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, it, this just turned into a different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we can save this for later. Representation of immigrant fathers in, in media. Yeah. Oh, what immigrant fathers, know? immigrant fathers, mama. Playing YouTube videos really loud in public. Um, what <laughs> Me. We mention this every episode. <laughs> Them wanting to go to a Chinese buffet for Chinese dinner buffet. all the fucking time. Yep. What is something else that they do? Talking into cell phones really loud. Yeah. Why? Why are you so loud? Like when they when they when they're like, oh, it's me, it's me, it's el compadre. What up, Gamer? It's like loud as hell. I'm like, I, they can hear you. My dad is like that. My dad 100%. used to be like that, I guess. Well, I guess he kind of is still. Yeah. And then all my dad likes his boots, his little boot, yep. his little booties, his little botitas. New boots goofing. His little crocodile skin, or what is the other one? I remember when Mantarraya was popular. What the fuck? You've never we seen... We live in different worlds. Have you never seen, um, <laughs> what is it called? Uh, stingray boots. No. They're like very bumpy. I don't look at boots. They look like... I've never seen a boot, actually. They look like braille on boots. Okay. Just very like bumpy. Rough. Hmm. You're telling me your dad is new boots goofing at the Chinese buffet? He's old now. He has sciatica problems, so he doesn't wear shoes like that anymore. <gasps> what he wears sketchers now oh no he doesn't like it but he wears sketchers now he's just like me he was he's a northern mexican he loves those like those really big thick fucking chucko chucka boots that are like made out of a crocodile skin and everybody's like why are you wearing those and then he's like i like these and then i'm like they have no arch support and then he's like but i like them and i'm like you lay in bed for days with your sciatica <laughs> Because of these shoes. Okay. This and he's like, because I like them. <laughs> We're not because dragging Because other dad. people can relate. I'm sure oh, true, other true. people can relate that are listening to us. True. They may not have to be Mexican, but whatever other country their dad is from, mm-hmm. they do a thing and they think it's really strange. And I think that That's thing true. that my dad does is very weird. Okay. At okay. least your dad wears Nikes. My dad's never worn Nikes Running in his shoes life. shoes everywhere. My dad and I wear like the same type of shoes. Yes recently because you didn't like you used to like running shoes no i was always um a supra um at knees and vans type of bitch and then i became a father listen listen <laughs> this year has taught me that i am aging and True. we've had this conversation before because vans fucking hurt my feet they do i love how they look and then what True. was it like we went to cancun and i took those vans and my feet have not recovered. I told you. I don't know I'm why. Sorry. I I told you. But the thing is, is like, where did we go before that? That I'm like, I'm never wearing Vans to like somewhere where we know we're gonna walk a lot. Wasn't it Cancun? No. I don't. Colorado. Remember. Yes, it was Colorado, and I'm like, do not. It was the those white um. Those, those shoes, those white ones I got in at H and M in Denver. Anyway, the the whole point is like if it's no arch support, don't don't take them. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was over there fighting for my life. I like how like sleek they are, low profile. They go mm. with everything. They're not chunky. They're light, mm. but they have no fucking arch support. It's like stepping on a cardboard. It it's like stepping a on a piece cardboard. of cardboard i'm sorry a piece of cardboard i don't know who else can relate i love those fucking shoes but they're not for my feet anymore and i'm like branching out into other types of shoes and they just look boxy and blocky True. but i guess it's because i've been wearing vans for so long 
that I feel like other shoes look weird on my feet. True. I don't know. This conversation took a really weird turn. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know how everybody else feels about this. We're all aging millennials. Some of us are like younger than that. Yeah. Are our feet the same? Hello? Hello? Uh, is anybody else's feet hurting like mine? Are your feet hurting like mine? <laughs> I just turned 29. I'm at the last year of my 20s. I'm 31. Oof. People at work are like, you're 30? I thought you were 25. But it's not because I look young. It's because I act like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I act crazy. And people are like, wow, you act so much younger than you really are. And I'm like, I know, bitch, because I'm wrinkled up. Oh, to me, they're like, oh, you're 29? Oh, I can tell because of your hairline. I'm like, okay. Wow, my fucking hairline, too. My balding? My feet and my hairline are receding. They're leaving. Well, my, not leaving. my feet. Not my feet. My feet aren't receding or leaving, but they're hurting. Let's hope not. And my hair is receding. We're going to be bald. Hi, bald. Yeah. We're going to be balds. <laughs> episode, <laughs> I don't know, episode 80. It's like, hi. I'm going to look like a pelon pelo rico before hi you push the little hair out. Hello from your bald uncles. When you take We're no little... longer your primos. We're going to be your uncles by then. Oh, yeah. No, hell no. I'm never going to be an uncle. I am okay. an uncle. All I right. have two nephews. That's crazy. How did I get here? How did we get here? It's okay. Here's another thing. I'm an uncle, but I don't, I don't get money like I'm an uncle. I don't have uncle budget. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't make enough money to be an uncle. I think we need to be... My sister should opt me out of being an uncle because I can't afford it. An um, uncle by proxy. No, a stranger. A stranger, stranger. that shows up to, <laughs> yeah, to my parents' house and I say hi to kids and then I go home. Great. We love that. I uh, uh, love how this derailed. Do you want to jump into your story? Um, yes. I want to give a trigger warning for my story. There is sexual abuse. There is um, underage stuff. Very uncomfortable. Assault, I'm assuming. Yes. Murder. Yes. What else? I don't know this case enough well enough to, like, provide a good trigger. Just know that it's a little serious. Yes. A lot serious. So if you feel like you can't handle those, um, not that you can't handle them. If you feel like this is going to trigger you or, like, you feel some type of way about the, the themes that I was just saying... It's probably best that you skip the beginning part of this episode. At least the first half of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like our friend D from um, So Violento So Macabro was also talking about doing true crime and how it kind of takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, about consuming true crime more responsibly. Yeah. And I think I I feel that. It's like before we didn't take it so seriously and now it's like the podcast and people request these stories, but it's like, it's a little strange. Yeah. Cause I guess before usually like the forms of consumption where you heard stories like that were probably just at work or with friends when they're like, Oh my God, did you hear about this? Did you hear about what happened to this one lady or this guy, one guy where it was ever like, it was so disconnected and it, it seemed not real at times yeah like cheese me a little bit cheese me today i'm uh, talking about las poquianchis do you know i mean you suggested the story but do you guys know what it is do you all <laughs> our listeners 
L- raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you. You know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no There's idea. one Sandra that's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose a random name too. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this episode. But anyways. So, um, there are very differing accounts of this story, like from mm-hmm. source to source. So, I kind of try to pull in other versions of what I've seen, if that okay. makes any sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got my information from reallifevillains.meyerhays.org, Las Poquianchis, medium.com, Lessons Learned from History, Mexico's Most Feared Serial Killers, The Poquianchis, and murderpedia.org, Delfina and Maria, and Maria de Jesus Gonzalez. So, here we begin. Delfina and Maria de Jesus Gonzalez, known as Las Poquianchis, were two sisters from Mexico, from the Mexican state of Guanajuato, located 200 miles north of Mexico City. It is said that from the 1950s until the mid-1960s, the sisters ran Rancho El Ángel, called the Brothel from Hell, in San Francisco, San Francisco del Rincón. Originating from Jalisco, the sisters Carmen, Delfina, Maria de Jesus, and Luisa González Valenzuela were products of a dysfunctional family. Their mother, Bernardina, was a selfless Catholic devotee who religiously followed the rules of the church. She instilled in them a mentality of fear and cult-like worshipping of that religion. On the other hand, their father, Isidrio, was an alcoholic and sexist who used his power as a sheriff to abuse them. So here it was, um, I really got into like the different sources, and it kind of said that like if his daughters wore any type of makeup that he didn't like, or if something like a lipstick was too red, or he thought that their ankle length dresses were too long or anything like that, he was a sheriff and he would lock them up in a cell and he would leave them there beginning from like the ages of like 10, he would put them in like the jail cells and leave them in there as punishment. So anyways, moving on. It all started when Isidro caught Carmen, the oldest sister, having an affair with a much older man. Enraged by her behavior, he sent her away and locked her in a cell, which is what I was just talking about. Immediately after Isidro went looking for Carmen's boyfriend and murdered him, Isidro then ran away and hid in nearby towns for years. He was so concerned about himself that he forgot about his daughter and left her locked away in jail for 14 months until she was freed by an older gentleman she was so thankful for this guy letting her out that she actually ended up marrying him. What the hell? Interesting story. Interesting story. Wait, I'm sorry. How do you just forget? Well, if he came back, he would have got arrested for murdering somebody. Oh, like he, was, okay. he took advantage of his position as a sheriff mm. and murdered somebody in a fit of rage. Oh, my God. Like she was literally just dating a guy that was older than her and he got mad because he thought... Or like many think, women are men's property. And so yes. they can't do anything in, unless they give them permission. And if they say no, that's it. And in that case, because she had a boyfriend, it was like he was losing control over her. Yes. And it was very much machista at that time, 1920s, 1930s. It mm-hmm. wasn't good. It was in the 1930s when Carmen and her husband Jesus opened a modest canteen. However, the business was not profitable. Carmen's husband spent more money than they were actually making. Delfina, the second oldest sister inspired by Carmen's initiative to start a business, decided to go a similar route and open an actual brothel. Disguised as a cantina, Delfina 
opened a brothel in her hometown, El Salto. Being far away from bigger cities, there was less police and law enforcement. This is when she began to abduct girls to work at her brothel. She would send flyers out at night to the surrounding towns promoting her business. To her surprise, most of the customers she was getting were actually police officers, military men, and high-ranking positions. This is where we get to some of like the uh, information, like some places where I did research, say that this is where they would get these police, military men, and high-ranking politicians to come in, and they would do them sexual favors in order for them to look the other way. Mm-hmm. So they would start um, letting them have drinks for free, letting them take advantage of some of the girls, etc., etc., so that they would they would grant them pretty much like immunity from anything that that could happen to them Mm -hmm. and i mean it worked in their favor like nobody was really looking at what was going on and they kind of just continued with this business uh the brothel lasted until 1948 when a scandal not far away from where the, the cantina caused the authorities to notice the illegal business she was running so i think what i read in one of the uh the other place of information was that there was a shooting and it was literally right maybe like two businesses down. And the thing was is that when other police from other towns showed up to investigate what was going on and like the investigation got a little closer, it's like maybe you can fool one or two people, but you can't fool 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. And so that's when they started noticing that there was something really weird about the business and they started looking into it. She decided to temporarily move her quote unquote workers to San Juan de los Lagos. There, she brought her sisters into the business. Maria was responsible for collecting the payments from customers, Luisa was in charge of the kitchen, and Carmen sewed the clothes and kept record of all the possessions they lent the sex workers. And so this is where this article that I got this information from didn't mention, but what they would do is they would lend the clothes and and um, feed the women that were working there for exorbitant amount of money. And so then they would make them go into debt, and so then they had to work to pay off their debt. But the more they worked, the more they ate, and the more clothes that they were borrowing, the larger their debts got. So it was it got increasingly and increasingly impossible to pay off their debt, mm-hmm. and so they had to stay to keep working. It was just like a cycle. Like, they weren't making any money, but they were getting fed, and they were getting new clothes. What is that, indentured servitude? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, so that's basically what they were doing. Two weeks after settling in San Juan de los Lagos, Delfina had already collected enough money to move to Guanajuato, where sex work was legal. There, she bought the house of a famous homosexual man nicknamed El Poquianchis. Driven by her greed, she once again began abducting dozens of minor girls and turning them into slaves. This is also where information differs. So it's saying that there was the she bought the house of a homosexual man named El Poquianchis. They moved into his house. They started calling him Los Poquianchis, right? Mm-hmm. But there are other fountains of information that talk about how um, basically El Poquianchis was like a, a health card that said that those that sex worker had been tested and that she was clean. And so it like it differed. And so there were. So a lot of people in the community started calling them Las Poquianchis because they were clean. They were did they were free of disease, basically. Like, mm-hmm. people could go sleep with them and, like, have peace of mind that they weren't going to contract any diseases. But the thing was, is they were paying off politicians and people in power 
to get these cards distributed to the girls that were working there for almost nothing. And so those really didn't mean anything because they were taking advantage of the system. Mm -hmm. So, well, they were using the girls that they were making do the sex work, take advantage of the system for them. So it's really sad. They took advantage of uh, very young disenfranchised girls ranging from the ages of 12 to 15 and older. On some occasions, it was the family of the girls being taken that offered them in exchange for money. Very poor families would just exchange their daughters for cash. Oh my god. They would just give them away. Once they were in the brothels, the men who helped keep control of the place sexually abused them, gave them cold showers, and dressed them to be ready for the night. So literally, they never had one waking moment that they were comfortable. They were either being sexually abused during the day, and then once they were done, they would give them cold showers to get them ready for the night to work. So it was like, just like a very bad quality of life. Yeah. And you said it was three sisters that were in charge of all this? Yes. Um, when a woman aged out or turned 25, they would send her with a man called El, uh, Verdugo. He would maim, starve, and abuse the women till they were unrecognizable. After that, they were sent to another place to be buried alive or thrown off of rooftops. And that's what? how they got rid of the women once they aged out. Why, though? They, I think that they didn't want women escaping and telling their stories, going out into the communities and telling their stories. Like, it was oh. easier to get rid of them and, not, and tie up any quote-unquote loose ends mm-hmm. than have them running around and saying, hey, like, I had this terrible experience. They abducted me when I was 12 years old. They made me do all this sex work. and Like, this it was, is what they're doing. Yes. It was like a lot of people knew what they were doing, but they had politicians purchased and they were looking the other way mm-hmm. as long as they kept quiet. And I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get away with running this business for as long as they could and make the most amount of money with making the least amount of noise. As we saw before, how... When there was like a scandal or that shootout that happened down the street, they had to basically run away because they were found out. Yeah. More people started looking into it. So growing up religious made them generate this bizarre idea about sex working young girls. They saw nothing wrong about abusing young girls that were underaged. However, they strictly prohibited the girls from doing any type of kissing, touching, oral sex, or homosexual interactions with clients. So women clients. They considered sex only penetration, the type of work they were allowed to do, but the rest was shameful to their eyes. Maria, one of the sisters, and her helpers made holes in the walls in order to watch and make sure that none of their slaves were participating in disgraceful acts, quote unquote. But they own a brothel. Hello? The mental motherfucking gymnastics every day. It's it's like, how, how do you like, is that okay, but justify... Everything else. Yes. Every fucked it's, up it's shit like, that you're doing. And if you want to do sex work, more power to you. That's great. But these were underage girls. This was completely they were against children. their will. Yes. If anyone was caught doing something of that nature, they were tortured. Eventually, the physical abuse was a means to keep the young girls complicit. It was not used as a sole means to keep them in line. So before, it was used like to keep them in line. And then... As time went on, they used it as a tool to have control over the girls that were there. Mm -hmm. The sisters would hit them with sharp nails, hot iron metals, and starve them. More often than not, the girls were scarred and bruised from the punishments. This only earned them death as they weren't appealing anymore. So as we saw that, 
if anything affected if they aged out or if something happened to them that they were deemed like they couldn't work anymore, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. they would get rid of them. And so Mm -hmm. it was like just living in that fear all the time of like, is this going to be like the one that bruises and messes me up so bad that they like end up killing me or like what's going to happen? Sadly, using contraceptives was not a thing that was available back then or, or not as readily available back then as it is now. Um, there was little to no way for the girls to prevent pregnancy. If the sisters considered them to be a good source of money, they would force them to get an abortion. If the woman was not thought to be a good source of income, she was murdered along with the baby in the womb without so much as a second thought. In some cases, when women could hide, they were able to carry their child to term, but immediately after, the child was killed and so was the woman. What the fuck? Yeah. In 1963, there was a change. There was suddenly a change in legislation in the state of Guanajuato. With this new legislation came the abolishment of sex work in brothels. This forced Maria and her helpers to return to the state of Jalisco. And by helpers, I mean anybody that was that helped her keep the women in line. Mm-hmm. You know, her helpers and the women that they had working in the brothels, or that they were like servants in the brothel. Mm-hmm. So all of them ran away and ran to. Uh, Jalisco, where uh, Delfina and Maria continued their business, relying on the reputation of their first brothel. After moving to Jalisco, Delfina's son was murdered in a bar fight. He was in charge of making sure the girls didn't run away. So, like, the girls did not like him. This enraged Delfina, and she went seeking for revenge. She showed up to wherever her son's murder was uh, with a gun that she br- that she had brought herself and attempted to kill the man that had killed her son, but was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. The use of an illegal weapon brought more negative attention to the business. Maria then suggested that Delfina run and hide to Guanajuato for a while. The police mistook the location of the bar for the brothel anyways, and instead of closing down the place of the killing, they raided Maria's cantina. So they showed up to the brothel. They're like, wait a minute. They were like, confused? And they showed up to the brothel and shut it down. So then Maria and 20 of the sex workers were locked up in the brothel for over 24 hours while the investigation was taking place. Strangely enough, that same night, the power went out in the brothel. Oh my god. So they were in there in the dark. Maria, the helpers, and the workers escaped the brothel to a home in San Francisco del Rincón owned by Delfina. The women of the brothel spent eight months in that house with almost no food at all. They became extremely unhealthy and fragile to the point of looking like skeletons. Some contracted various diseases from the deplorable conditions they were living in, and others died from lack of nutrients. Oh my god. So a lot of them ended up passing away while they were there. On the 6th of January 1964, Delfina and her sisters took the girls to the ranch where all the tortured and executions happened. The helpers and the girls were caged in cells and warned not to try to run away. They were told not to make any noise or else they would be killed. Six days later, Carolina Ortega managed to escape and went to the authorities to alert them. Uh, Icon. Icon. The state's police raided the ranch and arrested the sisters and their pupils. Maria and Delfina were taken into state's custody and thoroughly questioned. They denied all charges. However, the further, further investigation of the ranch, the police discovered 90 buried bodies, charred fetuses, and human bones. Oh my so god. So the 90 bodies were of men and women, mostly women. It was like 80 women and like 10 men. That is such a fucking risk, too. What that woman did, too. 
because she went to the police and it's like at that point it's like if they got the police in the in their pocket like how do you know you can trust them yeah wow fucking crazy so once they were all caught once they were all charged maria and delfina were sent to prison for 40 years luisa was accused of practicing rituals that involved human blood however she never fully took part in the prostitution and killing but she was also sentenced to 40 years carmen had died of cancer so this is also where some of it differs Mm -hmm. some of it says that maria and delfina were sent to prison for 40 years luisa was also sent to prison for 40 years almost immediately after being incarcerated carmen died of stomach cancer in a jail cell then another so basically the only one that was left was one sister and she was able to be released in the 90s where it said that she ran away with some guy that she met in jail that was one of the workers Mm -hmm. got married to him and disappeared and nobody knows what happened to her like to this day to this day (gasps) but the specific so that's what like murderpedia that's what like a lot of the other sites were saying Mm -hmm. specifically this one that i use for um i just like how this article was set up on a, this one says that on October 17th of 1978, Delfina was killed when a construction worker accidentally let a bucket full of cement fall on her head. What the fuck? Very cartoony. I'm sorry, but what the fuck type of Looney Tunes as death is that? Yes. I did not see that fact anywhere else other than this article. <laughs> they made it up. <laughs> yes. Maria became more religious in prison and was set free before her sentence was over and quickly got married. So this is the sister that got out in the 90s, the mid 90s. It was did Maria. Did she reform at all? She did, Supposedly she disappeared. Luisa ended up in a mental hospital and died there. So all oh of God. the sisters, like three of them met an untimely death. One died from cancer. Delfina had a construction worker drop a bucket of cement on her head. I don't know how the fuck that happened in a jail unless she, unless she was like out in the courtyard or something and they were like f- working on the jail and it fell on her head. Maybe. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Luisa went to a mental hospital and then died at the mental hospital. So really the only one that was left was Maria. Wait, I'm sorry. Maria. There were four sisters? Yes. You said three. Three of them were the ones that were running the brothel. The other one was the one that had the deadbeat boyfriend in the beginning. And he spent oh, all their okay, money. Okay. They couldn't make... Even, that's why I'm saying, like, even though she didn't really take a part of anything that happened, mm-hmm. she was still sentenced to jail for 40 years. She still had to go to jail. Damn. They really said, your sisters are shitty, so you're <laughs> going to jail too with them. Flop by association. And you know what? Like, in other articles, that sister, the older one, it says that she wasn't a good person either. That she would hurt people as well. And it was said that she even uh, would kidnap girls to work in her cantina. Like, maybe not as a brothel, but mm-hmm. she would, like, pick these girls up and make them work for pennies on the dollar. Like, nothing. What the fuck? How do you... What the fuck is wrong with that? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess we could blame the mom or the dad, but it was just like, how the fuck do you see Still, other... It's like, struggle yourself as a woman and then see other women struggling and then fucking take advantage of them? That's insane and, to me. That's that's why I was so fucking confused about this. It's like, okay, but you saw your dad kill your boyfriend and still you don't even respect women. Like, hello? It was just bizarre. And I had never heard of Las Boquianchis before until mm. this. I mean, even even still, like you said, we can blame the parents, but it's like, if it was like a parenthood thing, how do you fuck up four times? Like, what are the probabilities about that? Having four kids and all of them be fucked? 
Yeah. And then how do you justify the things that you do? Exactly. Like killing 90 people? Okay, anyways, coming full circle here. Mm -hmm. So I was reading another article here, and in 2002, in 2002, workers clearing land for a new housing development in Purísima del Rincón, Guanajuato, down the road from the notorious Loma de Ángel Ranch, found the remains of about 20 skeletons in a pit. Authorities said the victims were probably buried there in the 1950s or 60s due to the state of the bodies, victims of Las Poquianchis. If this is true, it recently raised the number of murders past 110 people. I'm sorry, what year was that? This happened in 2002. So 20 years ago. Oh my god. And I'm telling you, like, when I looked into it, there was, like, young girls disappearing in the communities that they lived in, left and right. I don't know how they did not get caught earlier. Mm -hmm. But then when I started looking more into it and I started saying that, like... They were doing sexual favors for the police and the po- the politicians. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Like they're they're getting favors to not to look the other way, to not pay attention to, you know, just how can you as a person know that that's happening and still like turn the other cheek because they were getting sex. I cannot understand that. Me neither. I don't know. It was a different oh, time. Wow. It was a different place. It was just. It's a really fucked up story. Wow. What, like, I think affected me the most is, like, how just, like, they kill children left and right. Just Mm -hmm. barely out of the womb, like, not even ready, like, not experienced anything and just dead. Aren't they considered um, some of Mexico's, like, worst serial killers? Yes. They're considered three of the worst serial killers of Mexico in, in Mexican history. The most prolific serial killers of the 50s, 60s. Oh, my God. That's insane, too. In Mexico. Because, like, she can't... Like, the one that you said that was out in the 90s, like, she can't possibly alive, be alive now, right? I hope she's not. <laughs> I mean, how old would she be? She'll be a dead son of a bitch, I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll swing no, at her. I don't no. care. Um, but how old would she be if... um, Like, do you know? How well, old she would be today? Well, they were born in the 40s, so... 90? Dude, that's like my grandma's age. 80, 90? That's insane. So it's yeah. a possibility that she's alive. She might be alive somewhere. The thing is, though, is like, I, I get like the whole jail is reform and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, mm. after you kill that many people, like, do you deserve to be reformed? It's not even a matter of whether or not you deserve it. It's like, can you be reformed? Yes. Am I gonna if I lock you up for thirty fucking years? Like, is it really gonna do anything? Or are you still gonna come back and be like, damn, I'm back on my bullshit? Yeah. Open another brothel. Do the exact same shit. more people. And we don't even know. Like, if this bitch is out there, I, oh, I'm sorry, I said that. If this old lady, if this old hag, she deserves it, is out <laughs> somewhere. And she's not stealing kids again. And just people don't know who she is. And she's just out living her life. Her best life just fucking snatching up children like witches. Oh my god. These were the true witches of Mexico. Like, witches are scary because they're paranormal. But this is real. And these women were really fucking scary. Yeah. That's fucked. That is fucked. And that was it. That was the story of Las Poquianchis. Wow. Thank you. I mean, I knew kind of the story, but I didn't know to that extent. Do you know how old they were when they were like at their peak of their business? 30s, 40s. Okay. 
No, not even like 20s, 30s, actually. The few pictures that I've seen, I think that they were always depicted as like older women, like viejitas. When they were depicted as older women, I think is when they finally got caught in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what so I was thinking. So, yes, technically, yes, they were probably like in their 40s by the 70s. Mm-hmm. But like when they were in their heyday, they were in their 20s and 30s. Oh, my God. Because I'm thinking like, I don't know, like old ladies to me, like. They seem very trustworthy. Yeah. Like they can't do any harm. That's like. If you look at three old ladies, you think like, oh, little grandma. Let me just tell you, I've seen these old biddies, these grown up Karens at Target and Walmart. No, these people are not nice. (laughs) I don't trust these old ass ladies. True. I don't be trusting anybody. Period. Period. Well, good job. Thank you for sharing your story. uh, That was uh, kind of difficult getting through. Yeah. So to lighten the mood. Yeah. What do we got for the power cleanser? Are we doing a power cleanser? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. What okay, are we talking about? So recently, actually not recently, like in <laughs> what seems like forever ago, but it was just October, uh, we went to Chicago where uh, my cousin from Mexico City and his girlfriend visited. visited right. And we were the tour guides. And it was so fun. But uh, my cousin proposed to his girlfriend in the sky deck. Oh, that was cute. That was fun. I feel like the fucking workers were not... <laughs> They're like, you have three minutes. I'm like, um. no. But then after I told him, I was like, he's gonna propose. He was like, really chill about it. He's like, let me put a couple more minutes on the thing. I was it, like, all right. I, I think you. he was just kind of like, ah, this fucking group of people, and they're like. Yeah. And then after I said something, he was like, oh, okay, okay, that's cool then. Which granted, I would be the same way. Yeah, they're probably used to people acting like fucking fools when they get up there to get in yeah. a little skybox where it looks like you're about to fall through the ground and fall thousands of feet. That was unsettling i do not like that i don't like heights i will tell you that it made me really nervous i didn't realize my cousin didn't like heights either and i'm like are we related (laughs) yeah you guys even look alike shut the fuck up no we don't and i'm not the only one that said that that's weird to me because it's like when i look at me i feel like i don't look like him and when i look at him i don't look you guys don't don't look exactly alike but Mm. if you were in a room i would say that guy and that guy are related (laughs) I would say they're related. They're related somehow. I don't yes. know. You guys don't look exactly alike, but there's things about your face that are very similar. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like the bone structure, the shape of your eyes. I don't know what it is, but something about you guys looks similar. Do you remember that one guy at the outlet mall? Where was it? Aurora? That he spoke French to my cousin, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, And what? we're like, no, just Mexican. Sorry. That was so weird to me yeah wasn't he speaking to him in spanish too i don't know like i heard him say something in french and he's like he my cousin kind of turned around and then turned back around because he didn't think he was talking to him and then the guy was just like excuse me it's like excuse me and i'm like i felt bad because i didn't want them to hold on i felt bad because i didn't want them to feel uncomfortable if someone approached them and spoke english to them but at the same time, like me being around them felt like I was rushing them. And you brought it up because for me, I was just like, I'm just, I'm just hanging out here. But you're like, can you walk away? You're, I feel like you're rushing them. Yeah. It's because they were like shopping around and you were watching them like a hawk and I can see them rushing and I'm like, <laughs> back up. 
back up let's go over here back up like let them shop in peace yeah i feel like when um every time we travel to chicago it's always we never have a bad time so i never want to come back if that tells you anything inevitable will be that we will eventually move there so hey let's get some caprice pizza oh my god the fucking food in chicago some heaney's chicken absolutely some east that's side a hot fucking sauce. that's a fucking east side classic um okay anyway <laughs> um extreme hamster deaths is the next topic oh i remember when people were posting the threads <laughs> on twitter of like ways that there their hamster threads. had died <laughs> yes there was a thread where people were posting how their hamster had died yeah i don't know why there's just something about hamsters that they when have you heard of a hamster dying of like old age they don't go they don't go out easy i will say they absolutely don't and i mentioned it at work and someone i work with that like rarely speaks she kind of keeps her herself but when i said that i was like whenever you like why the fuck do hamsters die the most extreme deaths and she like fucking cackled like she laughed but i'm like i've had two hamsters in my life when i was younger and i talked to carla my sister about it we named them um pikachu and jigglypuff because we're insane yeah um true this is true (laughs) okay facts and um they were sisters one was like a a a lighter beige color and the other one was like a dark brown one was pikachu colored and one was jigglypuff colored exactly okay okay (laughs) one of them i'm sorry if this is graphic but one of them like ate the other's face off and it died so we had to bury it in the backyard and then the other one, I think I left the cage open one day. So I, when I came home from school, and I was young, so I kept the cage up, like on a little shelf. But underneath it, there was like a little nightstand. And when I got home, the hamster was dead. The hamster had expired. It really did. The hamster took a free fall. Scarlet took a tumble. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah i wonder if he hit the nightstand down on the way down it's never um it's never good someone i knew actually when i was growing up their it was someone i used to be friends with their cousin had a hamster and they decided to um give him a walk like take him on a walk in a fucking chicago winter and if you've ever been to fucking chicago in the winter especially right now for example they're expected to get to negative six degrees Fahrenheit or negative twenty two degrees Celsius. That's a little too cold for me. And this person took their hamster on a walk. The hamster died. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, it's never it's never anything pleasant with no. hamsters. It's always the most extreme shit with them. I've seen the one there was one on the threads that was talking about how like their hamster got out, disappeared for months. Mm-hmm. And then when the owner saw him again coming out from behind the fridge, uh-huh. it like fell off the counter and hit the ground and died. Oh my fucking He's like, God. this hamster was alive for months. <laughs> and then the first moment I, it was ready to go, it just jumped off the counter and died. Oh my God. And I'm like, what the fuck? Or about the hamster that farted and died because it scared itself? <laughs> no, no, it was a... Is that the, um, I'm in heaven now. So sorry, I died. Is that the one you're referring to? It was a TikTok of some, someone saying, 
my hamster after it fell down the stairs because it got scared because my dad farted really loud? No, this hamster actually farted, scared <laughs> itself, and died. No, completely unrelated. Different hamster. It was on TikTok and it was like, I'm in heaven now. This so one, sorry, I died. This one farted and died. Oh my god, no. And then there's, there's always something. One of them fell off their hamster wheel and broke its neck. Oof. That's so sad. Like, how do you die from... You killed yourself with your treadmill. Do hamsters have necks? Yes. I don't feel like I've ever looked at a hamster. They have a spine, yes. I know, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I just said that I had to, but I'm like... If I had to draw a hamster from memory, I would fail. Next topic. Okay. Uh, the Black Panther movie. What did you think about it? We didn't really talk about it in the last episode. I feel like it, it kind of came out. I think so. Yes. It was fucking good. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. native the native representation of that movie was so good. It was so good. Guys, I'm sorry. I know some of you guys are upset because we're talking about Marvel movies again. But it was so good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And the fucking... Um, ¿Cómo se dice? The chemistry? No. <laughs> um, the water? The No. The... Lupita Nyong'o? <sighs> ¿Cómo se dice? I don't know. All the stuff that Tenoch Huerta, who played uh, Namor in the movie, all the stuff that he's going through right now about a lot of Mexicans being upset about how he's not representing Mexico because a lot of white... Uh, light-skinned mexicans are no longer gonna have jobs supposedly um it's weird are you talking about that clip of that show yeah honestly i didn't even bother looking it up those again. people are so fucking annoying they don't shut the fuck up like shut the fuck up like oh you're being silenced well then shut the fuck shut up. the fuck up yeah shut the fuck up like just be quiet yeah so basically the argument is that they're saying that um now that someone a lot darker skinned like the Huerta is getting um more big hollywood roles they're like well what about the rest of us lighter skinned mexicans and it's like you guys have kind of been at the center of attention for a lot of they've been on novelas for plenty of years movies you guys are always over a century honestly yeah you're either white or white passing mestizo in mexico that's usually the roles that you get a lot of darker skinned people in mexico do not get the roles that others get Especially big roles. Yeah. That's why people are so upset about um, Argarita Paricio. Yeah. They got that role in Roma and that she was like nominated for awards of it. Saying like, like, she didn't even do anything. She didn't even do anything. She wasn't even acting because she's, she's so, native. Like, yeah. What the, like, that's, listen she's to yourself. Not even, she's not even acting. That's what she, that's what she does on a daily basis. That's how she is. That's what she does. Mental gymnastics, like you said. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. She is so smart, too. I've seen her, like, in interviews and things like that, and she is, like, so smart. And the thing I think that a lot of people, the reason why so many are upset about, even, like, not even people with a talk show host, but, like, people in the fucking comment section on fucking TikToks, the reason I think that they're so upset about it is that it's the idea of having to come to terms with the people that you love are racist. Yeah. Or have racist tendencies. Yeah. Like the reason that your grandma or your uncle or, or your that aunt, you might be a little racist. Yeah. Why does it bother you that somebody that's dark darker skin than you up there in a movie? Exactly. Like why does that bother you so much? Really dig dig deep down inside yourself and ask yourself why does it upset you so much? 
I think I think for me it's that what I think for them it's coming to terms that the people you love are not perfect and maybe your grandma's racist. No, she's racist, definitely. <laughs> not maybe, she is. She probably is. Yeah. To see that she favors um lighter skinned people with um colored eyes and if she ever thinks about you and, coming home with a, a black or a man or woman, they're just like, oh, no. And it's so sad that, like, people, we still, like, artists are still coming, like, Tokicha, mm-hmm. or, you know, just any other artist like that that's, like, talking about how, like, they were told all their lives to marry somebody lighter skinned than them to mm-hmm. better the race. Yeah. And it's like, how uncomfortable is that? Like, why... And it's people coming from, like, some of the people are saying that are dark-skinned themselves. And it's, like, it's sad. And at, at Quit buying point, into that. Everybody wants to look like you. They're tanning. Yeah. And doing all these things to make themselves look more like you. Let's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But what I was going to say is a lot of people saying it, it comes from, like, a place of self-hatred. Yes. And, like, taught. It's, like, a taught thing where they see lighter skinned more european features as the apex of fucking beauty whereas if you like you said if you think about it someone like michaela cole michaela cole has the fucking like her facial dimensions are what a lot of celebrities white celebrities strive to be and strive to have i think i saw it on a fucking uh tiktok not yeah. a tiktok a twitter thread the full lips the fucking cheekbones, lips, eyebrows. All, everything about her facial features are exactly what white celebrities in Hollywood are wanting. They would pay fucking thousands of dollars. To look while like some people are just fucking born with it. Yeah. They want to be you so bad, mama. And terms with that, I think recently we kind of had a conversation about this. Of What I wrote down was understanding that your cousins or people you know a certain way change and may no longer be the person you knew. Give them a chance or the benefit of the doubt that they've grown. We've kind of talked about it with uh, even Nisei about people in our lives that we knew a certain way and we kind of see them change throughout the years. I can definitely tell you I feel like what I thought about my family isn't the reality anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have changed. A lot of the younger ones are very, um, I don't want to use the term woke, but they're very woke. Mm -hmm. It just makes me feel more comfortable around them a little bit. I feel like I've felt so alienated for a long time that I can't help but be angry at them. Mm -hmm. But like as things have happened in the last few weeks and the last month and it's like, why am I so mad? Like, I have to give them a chance. Yeah. Well, I kind of told you that. <laughs> yeah. Because the reason I told you that is because I feel like I went through something similar where for the longest time I felt like my family either didn't like me or I felt like I didn't get along with them and I kind of accepted that. Yeah. I'm like, we just don't get along, and but they're family and I love them anyway. But at the same time, it's like it doesn't really have to be that way because... And that, that's kind of the reason why it was so easy for me to move um, and, like, leave my home. Um, but at the same time, like, the few interactions when I do visit with some of my cousins, it does feel like I didn't give them the proper chance. 
because the person that I used to be when I left Illinois is not the person I am anymore. Yeah. So I would at least want them to give me the benefit of the doubt. So I wanted, I would want to do that in return. And I think in the past few years, I've seen a lot of people that I thought were a certain way surprise me in a good way. And I don't want to see you go through something similar. Similar. Too late. I'm older than you. I've been more years. Okay. <laughs> if we're talking about experience, <laughs> mama, I'm older than. Older than what? Finish older than you. Then. Older than you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I hope that makes sense. Though. Oh, okay. I hope that makes sense. Okay. I do feel like I want to be that person that some of my family members and like younger cousins go to when they need help. Or they need advice. Or they need to talk about something. Or they need to just talk about something. I'm literally always available. Not. I will say, though, be careful. If your prima was a hater back then, she's probably still a hater now. So don't talk to her. Not always, though. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. She she may have been a fucking hater before. No, but I just see... But now she's a good hater. I just see somebody listening to this part of the episode, and then they're listening in their car, wherever. They're just like, "Mm, not my my prima, Julie. She's... Ugh, I can't stand her. (laughs) I'm going to text my prima, see how she's doing. And she's still a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but you should be giving people a chance, especially if you haven't talked to them in years. You know how much you've grown in years? Think of how much they've grown in years. I've grown a lot. Um, And I'm so proud of you. (laughs) What? Yeah, look at how tall I am. I knew you were going to fucking say that shit. But eso no te iba a llevar la corriente, because I knew you were going to fucking say shit like that. La corriente. The current. (laughs) The current was taking me. I guess last one, and then we can jump into my story. There was a TikTok by user... (laughs) Is that your breath or did you fart? (laughs) You know that's a video by Glozel, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. Well, she I made mean, a whole ass song about it. Well, that's that's the the TikTok user, but they made a video called um, "What would send a Victorian era child into a coma?" Toothpaste. Oh, is that what you think? Victorian children were disgusting. <laughs> what the fuck did they do to you? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bathe for weeks. What 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 they else? Said, what else do you, you know, think would put a child, a uh, Victorian child? They into a blamed Jewish people for bringing the plague because Jewish people showered. <gasps> They're shaking. Come on, like how dirty do you have to be? Um, let's see something else. Hot Cheetos would kill it. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> a fucking takis, one takis. That would take a fucking Victorian children. One <laughs> a Victorian child, not children. A Victorian children out. One talkie. One singular talkie. Um, what else? Um, An orange Fanta. If we're talking about food, then... McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> fucking blow the head off of that Victorian <laughs> child. <laughs> Goodbye. What else? What else we got? A Grimes song. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> Absolutely. Any music video by Arca. They're Doc gone. McStuffins? Who's by that? Gone. Who's that? A queen. A legend. Okay, I'll take your word for it. She's a doctor child that takes care of the stuffed animals in her house. 
She's hmm. Doc McStuffins. Okay. Victorian child would be out. He would say, why is this box moving? Whoa. What are these animated things? Why True. are these? What is going on? A black child dead. Oh, my God. Speaking of an episode, um, an episode of Coco Melon. Absolutely take one out. Oh, my God. <laughs> that Victorian child would. They wouldn't know what to do. He would open one, a portal and go back to the past. One and episode say, of Bluey. That's enough of that. One episode of Bluey. Uh, Bluey is so sad. Why? It's Isn't very that that real. Dog? Yes, but it's very real with the themes that they have on the episodes. You've watched it? Um, Sarah, me. <laughs> Sarah, my coworker's daughter, loves yeah. watching Bluey, and she used to talk about the lessons that Bluey taught, and she's like, I don't know if my daughter's ready she's for some of this stuff. Fucking spoiling the fucking episodes for you. Yeah. So she would tell me about, like, miscarriages that they wouldn't just outright say, oh my God. but they would talk about in the episodes, like autism. Oh, absolutely. One episode of Bluey, that Victorian child is out. No. Very, very... Very progressive. Deep, yeah, very deep themes. Yeah. Presented in a way that a child can consume. Damn. I'm writing that shit down. Absolutely. My my son Leo will be watching Bluey. Um what Our else, son what Leo the Cat. Think? Yes. What else do you think? A pelon pelo rico. Oh my god. Any fucking Mexican candy. Any Mexican candy, candy that yes. Victorian child is They're gone. His <laughs> stomach isn't a hole. Blown open. An ulcer. Yes. <laughs> that Victorian a child would be gone. Hypothetical child. A shower. That Victorian a child is gone. <laughs> a single shower. Yes, a single shower. What else? A breakfast burrito. Gone. A breakfast burrito from McDonald's. No, a breakfast burrito with salsa on it. Gone. Oh my god. Mild or spite. Gone. Hot. A fruit. A piece of fruit. A fruit gummy. That Victorian child only ever ate bread. And has only will only ever eat bread. Oh my god! A fruit gone. This is gonna derail. <laughs> what else could kill a Victorian child? <laughs> listeners, please send in your suggestions. <laughs> or don't. You don't have to. You do not have to. This is a hypothetical child. This is not real, and this is just based off of a trend. Please don't think we're gonna hurt Victorian children. Don't think I will spend the next twenty-four years of my life um, making a time machine, going back in time with a bag of takis. Oh, the blue kind. He's out. No, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> the blue. One time I made a mistake of eating the blue kind and I shit blue for three Stop days. Stop talking. Stop. <laughs> has, has anybody, has that ever happened to anybody else? I'm thinking about editing that, editing that out. It's so relatable, though. I know She's other so people. I know that's happened to other people. Okay. I'm just going to jump into my story. I jump into your story. <sighs> Thank you all for surviving that pellet cleanser. Okay, my case is the mysteries of Kitsania. Do you know what this is? Is that a country in Argentina? Y- yes, a country <laughs> in Argentina. <laughs> a country in South America. You got it. It sounds like... The end, that was my case. <laughs> it sounds like Atlantis, but like... Yes, it just sounds like a, a town or like a city that disappeared under the waters of the ocean. Kitsania. <laughs> Modern day Atlantis. Modern day Atlantis. <laughs> You're not real. Okay, so Kid Kitsania, which is like the Spanish pronunciation, but in English would be Kidzania. Leo, leave me the fuck alone. So my sources of information were the official Kidzania Monterrey website. 
a YouTube video by Legends of Monterrey, a YouTube video by Grunger Official, um, an article by El Portal de Miedo, an article by Medio Tiempo, an article, um, Televisa article by Liliana Carmona, um, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Wikipedia. Instagram, Tumblr. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a lot of sources that I've used that were Zanga, like social media stuff. MySpace. And there's a reason for it. There's a reason why. So this episode... stories were shared? Yeah, this episode is... Well, my case in particular. This is going to be a little different than usual. Okay, how different? Oh, so different. Oh, she's so oh, different. She, she's uh, just built She's different. not like other girls. I'm not like other girls. Sorry. Hi, I'm not like other girls. I don't like typical girly things. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hi, I'm not like a regular gay. I'm a mask gay. I don't use... I don't like painting my nails. I don't watch drag show. Uh, no. Ugh. I don't like watching those men in dresses. Oh, Can I no. continue? A real man is a... Hold on. I'm not talking... I'm not done talking shit about people that are like this. Okay. The pick-me's, if you will. Okay. Okay, now I'm done. Go ahead. Thank you. So, Kidsania is an amusement park for kids meant for, quote-unquote, playful learning, and it's sponsored by big brand names. So, basically, they're educational cities made up of small sections, and each are meant to teach something to children. Initially, looking through them... I'm like, this is giving me a weird vibe. Cause Explain what's happening. Get into it. Okay, so... Get into it. They're separated into small sections that resemble like a scaled-down version of major brand locations, so kids look like they're working in like a... It's an amusement park, but the buildings are like a big city. Okay. This sounds like a capitalistic hellscape. It really does. Um, some of the major sponsors are Cinemix, Coca-Cola, DHL, Domino's, De La Rosa, Holanda, Jumex, Liverpool, Marinela, McDonald's, Multimedios, Nissan, Pemex, Fiesta Americana, Crest, and many, many more. Crest Those are like just... the grocery store? No, Crest the fucking toothpaste. Oh, okay. So there are a few photos I saw that showed kids in firefighter outfits putting out fake fires, like simulations, and kids in nurses and doctor's outfits in hospital settings. So it's very much like a little a little city. Wait a minute. So do kids go and dress up like this and they work those jobs as a game? Yeah. See, initially... No, you look, must be fucking on, lying to me. See, You're lying to like. me. It sounds weird like that. But the thing is, is like, they're supposed to be educational. And that's why, that's how I felt initially. When this sounds like f- fucking capitali- capitalism and training. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what type of fucking late stage capitalism is this shit? What but kids hold on. showed up and thought it was a, like, this is fun. I'm going to pretend hold to work. Because it's supposed to be educational. And it is. Okay. Because what you're going through is exactly how I felt. Okay, well, let me but go through the through emotions it. of the roller coasters. Oh, my God. Wait, no. Let Seven me go stages through, of grief. Let me go through the roller coasters of emotion, <laughs> not the emotions of the roller coaster. Yeah, that's a section in the park. Emotions <laughs> <laughs> of the roller coaster. Okay, anyways, keep going. Okay, so basically kids are... They go into these simulations where they're, like, hosted by, obviously, like, an employee there, and they, they walk through and do different things. So, like... Wait, so what is this... Is this a paranormal story or what is this? Yes, hold on. I'm oh, shit. Okay, shit. okay. <laughs> I'm not just okay. talking shit. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. What's so happening? According to the website and translated by me, Kitsenia is one of the fastest growing children's 
edutainment brands in the world. Is it still are, like are these still in? Do they still hold on? People still go there. Like, are these still? Yes, in... hold on. Okay, it is an interactive city for children from two to sixteen years of age that mixes inspiration, fun, and learning through role play activities. Children are free to explore a scaled city of more than seventy. Er, sorry, seven thousand square meters where they can experience more than a hundred exciting professions. Children are able to earn and collect currency known as kidsos, and the kids are taught how to save money, how to buy things at the shop, how to invest, how to pay taxes, and how to donate to their communities. The first location opened in September of 1999 in the Santa Fe shopping mall in Mexico City titled La Ciudad de los Niños, eventually renamed to Kitsania. La Ciudad de los Niños translates to the city of the children. Um, today, there are a total of 28 locations around the world. In Mexico, there are four locations, two in the Mexico City area, one in Monterrey, and the other in Guadalajara. So today, that's where we'll be talking about the phenomena that occurred in these particular locations in Mexico. There are some across the world. The closest one that I know of is one that's opening up in Dallas. But they're fucking international, mama. They're everywhere. Okay. So what I said about you, like you going through seven layers of grief or whatever the fuck, seven, that's how I felt. Sta- seven stages of grief? What'd I say? You said layers, like <laughs> cheese dip or something. The seven layers of grief. Please grab your Doritos and dip. Okay, but you know what I mean. No, I didn't. Initially, reading through this, I'm like, how is this real? How is this real? You're forcing children to work. To fucking pay taxes? What the fuck? But Who would do this for fun? Little kids. It's cute, okay? After I is read it? through it, it's cute now. Is it? <laughs> yes. Is it cute? Because they This are... is a trap. Hold on. So... You keep saying that, but you're not telling me anything new. Okay, so like in the... What's it called? Multimedios, which is a, a broadcasting company in Mexico. Okay. They have a section where... Their section, they teach... Children can dress up. They learn about like video production. And it's cute. Holanda, which is a mexican brand of ice cream you can actually make your own ice cream like your own paletas that's so cute i know where i'm going you fucking <laughs> <laughs> my um, fat ass is gonna go make ice cream marinela which is the ones that chocorroles? make yeah chocorroles oh, fuck yeah galletas maria i think they own um and, oh, and domino's you can make a pizza how domino's fucking, is cute fucking is disgusting that? i'm good thank you okay and mcdonald's you can make a burger how cute I'll is that? I'll take some fries. Oh, my God. They have fryers there? No, they're too hot. Kids will hurt themselves. No. It is a little weird that, stick like, their hand in it. Bimex, which is the the Mexico socialized oil company. Right. They have a stake in this, which is kind of weird. Um, no, it's not weird. They're doing this on purpose. Like, <laughs> this isn't supposed to be fun. It's not. But it's cute. So, it's okay. And it's for the children. Let the children have fun. I don't know. This is just giving me like weird fucking vibes. Like the trap of adulthood and training, like how yeah, to be subservient in capitalism. I'm very much against that. I'm very like, much weird. for children should be able to enjoy their childhood and not have to worry about adult shit like paying a taxes and getting a job. But at the same or translating time, translating legal documents for your parents. Yeah. That's a that trauma too. for another day. Let's keep going. Exactly. But if they get to make ice cream, that's so cute. So, on July 9th, 2019, Twitter user Twinkie de Fresa, I saw some people reporting or responding to 
Twitter user Anna Wong instead. So I'm not sure if maybe she changed Twitter handles or maybe if they're just two different people. So this person tweeted, Did anyone else have any strange experiences in Kitsania? That place traumatized me when I was younger and I can't be the only one. The thing is that I was about six years old and I went to my brother's brother's friend's party. At the time, I could go into the small children's area and I was accompanied by my mom to play with Play-Doh. It was raining really hard outside and I guess I hadn't noticed because I was having fun. At that moment, a blackout occurs and the entire place goes completely dark. I, scared, go to my mom and an employee lights up the corridor with a flashlight. I get downstairs and the light returns, but Kitsanya naturally doesn't have much light, so it's still quite dim. My mom lets go of my hand to go get my brother, and a man dressed as a clown on stilts gets close to me. Honestly, it was horrible. I was just a small girl. He gets off the stilts and takes my small bag where I had all my kidsos, and he leaves quickly. Yep, some weird dude dressed as a clown. Um, and then, as like a side thing, to further explain, there's nothing in Kitsanya related to clowns. Right, because it's pretend adulthood. Yeah. There aren't... There There's are plenty no clownery of, in adulthood. There is plenty of clownery, but oh, not that, that type. Not that type of clownery. No, Susan in the office, she's a fucking clown. When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. Yes. Um, the next day, which is the 10th of July in 2019. What, wait, what is that thing he took out of her bag? You didn't oh, explain. Kitsos? Yeah, what is are that? the currency. That so they it's like use. tokens? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, what I was going to say is all of these threads that I read, they were on Twitter in Spanish. So I had to translate them. So I'm sorry if they sound a little weird. It just, it's just translated. So there are some sentences that I have to restructure to make better sense. Okay. So, so on the next day, on the tenth of July, twenty nineteen, Twitter user says uh, Tasas de Café created a new thread building off of what Twinkie de Fresa had said. The tweets have since been deleted, but I was able to find some of them on YouTube. Um, unfortunately, it seems that many of the tweets were skipped or omitted, so the thread is like a little incomplete. But the they are as follows. I'm gonna open a thread of the strange and curious stories of Gizania Monterrey. First, I'm going to clarify one thing. I have always been very sensitive to paranormal energies and events. I tend to see strange things or people, and I also know many things about that because I've learned over the years. I don't ask you to believe me, but I am explaining so that you understand better. Well, as I went through the tour, I could feel the energies of the place. At first, I thought that maybe some were heavier than others because there were a lot of people. This is also an option. But when I had to go in when, I had, when it hadn't opened yet, I realized I was wrong. I felt something off in some areas, but in others, I felt a strange regret. Maybe not bad, but very strange, and I didn't like it at all. When the things I feel are very, very bad, I tend to be afraid, but it only happened with two specific places. The first one was the Nesquik Tunnel and the tubes and ducts that Twinkie de Fresa talked about, the person that started this thread. I also found out that a girl appears on the plane, between the seats and the cockpit. The children always uh, want a photo sitting there, and there was always a very heavy vibe, a heavy vibe there. Several children told me that they had taken strange photos there with what looked like the shadow of a girl. Very strange. Another thing is that there is a police station and a jail cell between two walls. There, I've heard several children say that a man appears in one of the beds in the jail. I never saw it, but if children say it, believe them. 
Which location was this? This is on the Monterrey one. Oh, yeah. After a while, she goes back to the Nesquik tunnel, where she explains that the point of it is that the kids go down the tunnel and have to find puzzle pieces. So, she says the following. It's strange that they only admit women. It is said that it was because a child was kidnapped a long time ago, but also that some men try to abuse several of them. I don't know, but the paranormal story goes that a man appears in the tunnel, and I lived it. What the fuck? So they only allow, like, female employees into the tunnels. Okay. Several people have told me that a clown also appears there who is really mean to children. Since I never lived it nor saw it, I didn't believe it until one day. I was walking through Kitsania to where my friends were. One of them worked at the Coca-Cola station. So this is like an older girl. Um, My friend was with with her boyfriend who worked there, so I went upstairs. I didn't see her and I asked for her. They told me she was in another location and I went looking for her and found her talking to someone else. When I asked her what's wrong, she told me, Dude, I was here with her boyfriend, and from there I started hearing children complain that they wanted to get up in the tubes, but the man, the clown wouldn't let them. Obviously, I was shook. Obviously, I got scared. Oh, word? There were no clowns in Kitsanya. I then heard the children complaining to a supervisor asking if they could get in the tubes, when one of them mentions that there was a very tall man dressed as a clown in the tubes that didn't let them get in, and that he was very angry and made the children scared. I never wanted to take photos there again in my life. I was afraid to see him and afraid that he would grab or pull me or something. I asked several colleagues and they all told me the same stories with different anecdotes. Numerous people responded or quote retweeted her thread to this experience with many of them confirming that they personally saw the clown in the pipes or like in the tunnels. Dude, like it. That's fucking disturbing. One of the people that confirmed this was a woman named Sophie uh, that recounts how she came face to face with a clown when she visited Kitsanya once. So this is what she tweeted. Or actually, I don't, I didn't quote this one. I just kind of paraphrase. So she claims that she was playing in the tubes or the ducks when she felt like she got lost. She couldn't remember which tube she had come from, but she tried following her dad's voice as a guide to get out. The harder she tried to get out, the more she felt as if her dad's voice was getting further away. She makes a turn as she comes face to face with a clown. She claims that she isn't scared of clowns, but that this one was different. She started screaming and crying until her dad was able to get in to get her. When asked if she could describe what the clown looked like, Sophie said that it looked like it was wearing a very large, multicolored wig and that she believes it was someone in makeup and not a mask. So to me, it's like, who goes in there at the park, has enough time to fucking paint their face and is not noticed? That is weird. Another person is a little paranormal to me. Well, hold on. There's more to it. Actually, I think it's this section. Another person that responded to this thread was a girl named Michelle. She shared that she used to work at the Ciudad de Mexico location for a month. She was tasked to show kids around the park, but was assigned specifically the Nesquik tunnels. Many of the kids refused to go into the tunnels, claiming that there was a clown in them. She accused her coworkers for having either made up the rumor or dressing up as a clown themselves to scare the kids. But all of them denied it. Uh, she came to the conclusion that the clown was just an apparition that only children were actually only able to see. No, fuck that. In the seventh, on the 17th of June uh, 2019, a submission by Nestor Martinez was shared on the Leyendas de Monterrey Facebook page that goes as follows. So his um, story that he shared is kind of long. And I tried my best to translate and clean it up a little bit. 
or to have it make sense. Um, he says, hi, good morning. I recently took my daughter to what was my first job at Kitsania, and everything I lived through and all the stories they tell about that place came to mind. I will tell you something that happened to me and the stories that are that are told. First of all, I worked in that place in 2010. At that time, when they gave me the tour and explained my area, the trainer at the time when we got to the hospital paused and became very serious and tells us, I have to tell you something. A family appears here in the park. A woman, a man, and three children. Two are boys and a girl, if I remember correctly. If they, if you ever see a shadow or a child, and when you go and see what it is and it is nobody, don't get scared. Don't panic. We can't look upset and scare the kids. Finally, the tour ended, and once I was with my coworkers, out of curiosity, I began to ask questions, and they quickly told me that on the plane in the mornings, before the park opens, you can hear a woman cooing to a baby, and about a woman that appears to someone in the maintenance team, or that appeared to someone on the maintenance team. On Mondays, when the park closes, the maintenance man was cleaning the area that used to be Televisa, but is now Multimedios, when he witnessed the apparition of a woman with a disfigured face. The man fainted and had to be taken to the hospital. The man never returned. The children who appear in the theater, the famous clown who appears in the tunnels who takes gizos from children, the man who appeared in full apparition on the plane to an employee and a group of children, that they had to get managers on the plane to look for the man but found no one. In short, they told me thousands of stories but nothing happened to me once. And nothing happened to me until one day I was in the hospital. I had to drive the ambulance and I had to cover the a colleague in the truck because we were one of the few certified. I covered him in, in the simulation with the kids that had already started and my partner hadn't arrived. He finally got there and I had to put on the uniform for the for the upteenth time. I finished the simulation and in the hospital reception there was a door where we kept the uniforms. As I was going to change, I felt that someone passed me from behind. I turned around and I see a boy in a checkered shirt and jeans running up the stairs, to which I asked my partner in reception if she had a simulation to show, which she replied no. And I asked her if she saw the boy, to which she replies, what boy? I told her he ran upstairs, and a colleague who was under the stairs organizing uniforms says that she heard her, she herself heard the boy run upstairs. At that moment, a woman arrives asking for her son because she couldn't find him. Knowing that I saw a child go upstairs, I told the woman to wait for me because I had seen a child and that I would go see if it was her son. Big mistake. When I went up the stairs, I remembered all the stories that I was told and I got very scared. But I had already told the woman I would go, so I went upstairs really scared and I started looking in each of the nursery rooms, surgery rooms, endoscopy rooms, and CPR, to which I was surprised that there was no one upstairs. I almost ran downstairs and there were already other children waiting, so I told the woman that there wasn't anyone upstairs, to which she responded, What about the child you saw? In order not to continue the conversation inside with so many children, I went outside and let the woman in on what I had seen. Since then, I never went upstairs alone again. Haha, <laughs> now I knew all the stories were true. So what did he see upstairs? Nothing? Nothing. But he saw a kid run But he saw there. a kid run upstairs. And even the woman that was, like, under the stairs putting stuff away, she's like, yeah, I just heard him. So did that woman ever find her baby? Or is he just, like, a, a victim of Kitsania? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, Does sure, he just, I'm sure she found him. That he's know. another... Just add him to the kids that disappear oh and reappear God. there? I don't think... I didn't lo- see anything about disappearances. Um, just more of, like, apparitions. 
So, on the 18th of June, 2019, an anonymous submission was shared on that same Leyendas de Monterrey Facebook page that goes as follows. Uh-huh. Speaking of Kitsania, in 2007, my school, an elementary school, took us on a, on a trip to Kitsania. I remember that I was in the tunnels with three friends, two girls and one boy. At that moment, we heard screams from behind. We knew that there were children entering from behind us because we saw that they were lining up to get in. We thought they were those children and we turned around and saw that a friend who had not turned around had a pale face. I, out of curiosity, turned my face to know what he was seeing and we all saw that clown. Hell no. I remember that the two girls were in front of me and then me and then at the end was the other boy. The clown had a terrifying face. My only response to my friend was, run. We went backwards, and when we left, the first thing I did was cry and look for an adult. To my surprise, I ran into a woman from the Gitsania staff, and I told her that there was a clown in the tunnels, and I asked her why they would do that to us, to children, and that the clown had a terrifying mask. The woman went pale, and she asked where we saw it, and we told her in the tunnels. She responded, we don't have clowns here. Are you all sure you saw it? And we said yes, and a friend, the girl that was in front of the line, told her, he squeezed my arm. And when the woman checked the girl's arm, there was definitely a bruise in the shape of a hand. What the fuck? Since then, I've decided to not go to Kitsania ever again, and my school canceled those trips because the, school, the girl told her parents, the parents told the school, and the school took action. What I know was that Kitsania never gave them a straightforward explanation. Those were just a few experiences that locals had witnessed themselves. Since this thread, there has been numerous people coming forward with photos, experiences, and videos of them seeing unexplained apparitions or unexplained phenomena, with the majority of them being in the Monterrey location. I did see a video um, <clears throat> of an overnight maintenance worker where he was recording and the sound of children laughing was heard in the park. After That's the, fucking weird. And this was after the park had been closed. Is that the Monterrey like, location? Yes. That motherfucking place is just... The whole city is haunted. haunted. <laughs> Monterrey is haunted. Because then they have the fucking witches that fly around in the mountains outside of the city. Yep. Yep. I read another tweet of a girl that was on the plane with a group of friends that claimed she witnessed a small girl peering at her from the seats on the plane. Um, there was a photo of a woman took of her son in the back of the ambulance where a figure of a man appears next to him. And th- these I saw... Um, Another girl tweeted that she remembers one time when she visited the jail. When she looked into the jail cell, she saw a clown sleeping on the small bed that turned to look at her and smiled. No. Absolutely not. So, on the 25th of May, 2021, so literally last year, Twitter user at jfrosty tweeted, Let's do an experiment. Like this if Chester Cheetos also appear to you in the tunnels of Kitsania. Share your story. Do you know who that is? Chester the Cheetah from Cheetos? Yes, of course. Okay, so here's some backstory. At some point in the past, Kitsania had Cheetos-sponsored tunnels in their park, so they were orange and had the company logo on them. Um, However, it was later confirmed by former employees that there was never a Chester Cheetos mascot character in the park. And so this obviously left people but shook. let me guess. What? Se aparecia. Yes. A lot of people that weren't kids, now grown up, said, like, they started sharing, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing him. He was, like, in the tunnels with us. Or, like, sometimes he would, 
he would appear like next to the tunnel entrance or sometimes i would see him around the parks but the company i guess or like former employees confirmed like no there was never someone in a so who the fuck is dressing up as a clown in a chester cheetah um Several people share their stories of how they met Chester Cheetos next to the entrance to the Cheetos Tunnel or even inside the tunnels. Some claim that the area and the mascot gave them bad vibes because they looked like... I guess once you go down the tunnel, it kind of looks like the back rooms. <laughs> and there's videos of this. Like, you can go on YouTube. The ones that I saw were um, on TikTok, but one of them I saw had a jump scare. So I would try to avoid that one. I don't remember what it was so unfortunately okay i hate jump scares um but they said all of them that they gave them like a weird vibe like something was always off one person in particular mentioned that they, he wasn't sure if there were multiple chester cheetos or just one but it felt like they were following him around the park one even followed him into the bathroom at one point so tiktok user la reina cuervo and her handle is la reina cuervo underscore the real posted a video of her talking about this chester cheetos entity that has now become a creepypasta where she explains that this may be an entity called a topa which is a creature that attains a corporeal reality out of imagination so she claims that it is not impossible to believe that someone immensely afraid of chester cheetos visited the cheetos tunnels and due to their immense fear created this entity So basically, it stems from a belief that if someone or a group of people believe in something really strongly, especially under fear, this may change reality. And I think I mentioned this exact thing in the Slender Man episode. Yeah. I mean, it's a theory. Yes. That if enough people believe in something, it gives it like... It brings it into our reality. Yeah, it's a tulpa. Yeah. So, that was... The mystery of Kitsanya. Fuck man, no, there was hell no. so I'm not many, there. dude. Nope. I had to, I had to comb through many personal experiences of people that shared stories of uh, the clowns that they saw in the tunnels, specifically. So many. There was a lot that I omitted because of the length of them. Um, but there's a lot. I'm glad I'm not a child. <laughs> okay. Fuck Kitsanya. Oh my god. It's just the one in Monterrey, honestly. So that was... And the rest of them just look like back rooms. <laughs> back rooms honestly scare me. They do. They really do. It gives me... It, it definitely activates my fight or flight, and it gives me anxiety. What is that? There's another word. Liminal spaces. Yeah. Liminal spaces make me feel uneasy. Yep. I hate those shit. So when I first started, like speaking of back rooms and like liminal spaces, um, when I first started getting on TikTok, there was a user in New Mexico that would post that like how things around his town were changing, mm-hmm. and it was like it was like liminal spaces, like they would change, and they were so creepy. Like it wasn't anything like scary, mm-hmm. but it was like timestamp blah 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 blah. this uh this building has changed names or something like that and he would show like different like buildings or interiors like in like old malls and stuff like that where like he had just shown like maybe weeks before and like they had changed like the colors the paint had changed the names had changed and it was like this reality is glitching and i don't know why those videos made me feel so uneasy 
Yep. It's so weird. Hate those. Hate those. Uh, or the backroom ones. The backroom ones specifically scare me because I feel like I've had dreams like that before. When yeah. I'm in when I'm in like places like that and I can't find a way out and it's like the back rooms. Mm-hmm. And the back rooms really fucking creep me out when I finally found out about them because I'm like this reminds me of dreams that I have had. Like these are my nightmares. Yes, these are, this, literally, these are my nightmares. literally my nightmares. It's like being in like desolate hallways and buildings and things and nothing's actually happening, but there's like a really bad feeling that something is around a corner mm-hmm. and it never quite comes out from behind the corner, but you know that something bad's going to happen. That something is around you. Yes. Yeah. Kitania, don't ever go. Don't ever. Please do not send your child to pretend they're a McDonald's worker who files taxes. Who the fuck would send their kid to do that? Unless you want to, then that's fine. No, don't. But they they make a cheeseburger. Maybe the ice cream one, because they make <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> but no, but then Chester Cheetah's gonna traumatize Chester your child Cheetos. for life. Yeah. There was if a, the hot Cheetos don't get them, the Chester Cheetah ghost will. There was a meme I saw of um that has become like a creepypasta that it was a uh, Jaime Maussan, which for those that don't know, Jaime Maussan is like a really big like UFOologist We've in Mexico. We've talked about him before. He was a host of Mystico Inexplicable. Mm-hmm. Well, it, there was a meme of him holding a bag of Cheetos with like other Chester Cheeto stuff around him, <laughs> <laughs> talking about this supposedly. Um, oh, I still wish yeah. that the somebody told us that those episodes are on YouTube. I don't want them on YouTube. I want them on DVD. True. Or There's so much shit that like we missed out on because they were only exclusively on like TV. TV Azteca. Oh yeah, TV Azteca. That for some reason is incredibly difficult on making DVDs for some reason. Yeah. I'm referring to um um oh god, Josh Gates. What's his uh show called? Destination Truth. Destination Truth. Oh my god. That I show, want those fucking DVDs. The way that show had a fucking chokehold on us. When we first like, started dating, too, we would yeah, fucking we stay would, up till like three in the morning just watching we would that just shit. Watch, and then the same episodes over and like, over. Do you want to watch this one again? Like, hell yeah, that was so good. We would like <laughs> quote the fucking episodes. Yeah. How many times will we watch? Like, we own season three, I think. Yeah. The one that has La Isla de las Muñecas. Mm-hmm. There were some episodes that were really fucking good. Yeah. The Aokigahara one was really good. The Hoyabacha mm-hmm. Forest was really good. Yep. Isla de las Muñecas was really good. Yep. Fuck all the underwater episodes and lake episodes and all that shit. I fucking hate those. You can't see anything. No, anyway. no. Se mira el agua bien verde, bien oscura. No se, ve, no se ve vergas. No se ve nada. True. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to, I'm trying to channel Pamela Chup. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. They're good. Yeah. Well, that was my case. What did you think? Wow, that was scary. Yeah. That was weird. Mm-hmm. And then it was okay, but then it was scary again. But in a good way. True. Yeah. Well, that's all. I, 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 what am I saying? <laughs> I think I just barked. Um, this episode is a little late because we usually release it within like a little after the 15th. Um, but with everything going on with like the holidays, we've kind of gotten a little backed up with everything. And we didn't do a Christmas special this year. We really did not. I'm so sorry. That's fine. We can do whatever we want. True. We don't know if 
based on our jobs, it's going to be a little demanding with the beginning of the year. So we're not sure if January episode is going to be postponed or just skipped entirely until February. Um, but we will keep everyone posted yeah, on we'll our social medias. I don't want to. I love releasing monthly episodes for everyone because I love everyone. I love our listeners. You guys yeah. are so supportive. Same. Um, other than that, I mean, thanks so much for listening. You guys are so nice. Yeah. You guys are supportive. Well. I'm sorry that it takes us like four days to respond on Instagram. Yeah. It's the sunlight. I blame the sunlight. That's what it is. It's just dark when we get home and it's ready. It's it's bedtime. It's like, it's oh, bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even gone to the gym in months. Sort of. I just feel like it's so much later than it actually is. But anyways... Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at Pod. Also, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Goodbye.